Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Man, you are one pathetic loser. something to this month's sales contest as you all know first prize is a cadillac el dorado anybody want to see second prize second prize a set of steak knives third prize is you're fired you play to win the game hello you play to win the game you don't play to just play it Come on, where are your guts? What's your problem, Mick? My problem? Yeah. You got the problem, kid. You got a ticker problem. What's the matter? You got nothing left inside, huh? Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum? A bum! Maybe you're right. Maybe I ain't got it no more. All right. Then don't you waste my time no more. You hear that? Go away! Go back to the docks where you belong. You go back to being a two-bit nothing. But don't you ever come back here again because I'm too old to waste my time trying to train a no-good loser like you. You bum! All right. Uh, I think you see a theme there, my friends, right? You see a theme? Well, I'll tell you what. What you have to do is listen to me what I say. Right now, I'm going to give you some maybe counterintuitive, unpopular advice. Actually, it's great advice, but it might go against what you've been hearing. And that advice is stop looking for other people to help you. Stop looking for other people to do it for you. Stop looking for other people to build your business, to build your dreams, to support you. To carry you. Welcome to the Turn On Podcast. This is David Nori, and I am going to continue with this theme today. You might be saying, wait a minute. I thought we're in the age of collaboration. I thought we're in the age of where people want to team up with me to help me, and uh, and we're, we're in the business of helping one another. This doesn't sound like certainly anything... Um, that I've been hearing, it doesn't sound anything biblical that you would be preaching, so why would you tell us to stop looking to other people? Because you should be looking to one thing. One thing, and that's Jesus. One thing, and that's Jesus 
to help you build your business, to help you fulfill your dreams, to help you be the person that you are supposed to be. The reason why is when you start there, instead of with man, instead of with your friends, instead of with your Facebook collaborations or or your mentors, when you start with Jesus first, your chances of success are 100% better. Man will disappoint you. Not all the time. Look, I, I say this almost as a shocker, but I'm not saying don't look there. I'm not saying we can't collaborate. I'm not saying you can't team up with people and do great things. I'm saying you are setting yourself up for disappointment if you look to man first before you look to Jesus Christ to help you fulfill who you are supposed to be. Because I've seen too many people, including myself, but especially recently, too many people who come to Angelique or myself and they're disappointed in somebody or they're disappointed in something or a teammate or somebody or even somebody that they felt was their biggest supporter because we are human. And when you rely on someone who is human, you open yourselves up to human nature. When you rely on Jesus and you build your spirit up, then you rely on the one who never lets you down, okay? So I, I come to the I come to you now and I play those things because I love sports, I love movies, I love pop culture, and if you've seen any of those, you realize that you know Harry's calling Lloyd, um, uh, you know you loser, you pathetic loser. It's kind of funny, right? And then you have um, you have the song "Loser" by Beck, right? And that just always comes to my mind. And then a great scene um, from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where he comes in and he goes. First place is a Cadillac Eldorado. Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. If you've never seen that movie, it's fantastic. Here's the message there. Let's finish first. Let's win. Let's have a winning mentality today, guys. Let's talk about what it means to win in life, win in business, win in your marriage. Let's talk about what it means to win in, in, for, the, for the kingdom of God because second place is literally not a set of steak knives, but it's literally not good. <laughs> okay? Third place is you're fired. Um, then, then we go in from that, one of my favorite speeches, and it's in my book, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth, is Herm Edwards' famous speech, where is you play to win the game. And he says, hello, like, hello is the wake-up call. Like, we're not trying to get moral victories here. We're not trying to come in second place. We're not busting our tails to show up at the end of the game losers. We play to win the game. And then if you need a coach, if you need somebody, there's Mick telling Rocky that you're just not putting up an effort, Rocky. Like, I'm tired of coaching you because you're a bum. And sometimes we have to call ourselves bums. You know, I'm not, I'm not into self-deprecation, but sometimes you have to look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself that, that pep talk that Mick gave Rocky when you're not doing it enough. Now, those are those are all pop culture references, and I say that because whether you've seen one of those things or you've seen them all, I, I think you know you'll resonate with that. Now we are uh, a podcast here that talks about things from a biblical standpoint. So what I want to do, what does God say? You're saying I should go to I should go to Jesus first to be who I want to be, to look for inspiration, to look for to build my spirit, someone who will never let me down, someone who will never disappoint me. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hello, that's what I'm saying. And so I'm going to go here. Uh, there's a part of my book that's called uh, Take Me Back to Church, and I'm going to go to a guy named Charles Spurgeon. And this is fantastic because 
one of the major lessons, and it's at the very end of the book, and, I, and I'm giving it away here, but I want you to be able to read through it so you get this part, and I saved it for last for a reason, and I'm starting with it first as we get into some series here about the book, The Pursuit, that just came out this week. I'm doing this from last to first because I want you to see what's waiting for you. I want you to dive into this book, and I want you to see when we set it up, all the things that are going wrong with the world, but I want you to set it up. What we see is the victory at the end and the lessons that God gives us in the Bible, the lessons that may be thousands of years old, but they are just as pertinent and just as relevant and just as important right now, right here in your life with what you're doing, with what you're trying to accomplish. I promise you, if you get to the end of this book and you find this lesson, you play to win the game. There's a man named King Joash. It's in a small chapter tucked away in King in, in the book of Kings. And in King Joash, he's advised to shoot all of his arrows, and he doesn't. He saves some because he doesn't really believe in the word. He doesn't believe in the word that he got. What I want to point you to is what the pastor Charles Spurgeon said about this, and this is how it directs, it, it correlates directly to what you may be doing right now. Um, we spoke to somebody recently in a business conversation who said, you know, I'm just so tired. I'm working so hard, and I feel like maybe my team isn't, um, and I feel like what I'm doing is maybe I'm working too hard. Maybe people can't live up to my standards or my expectations. Maybe I should tone it down. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. I get that, but that's a dangerous place to be. Why would you want to tone it down? Because you're scared that other people don't like your work ethic? Because you are afraid that other people can't meet you there? Because God gave you a gift for you to use it all, to use all your arrows, not to use half of them, not to tone it down for what man says, not to tone your light down, because that's what we're talking about here, your light, not to tone that down to appease other people who might not be where you're at. Charles Spurgeon, okay, this is going all the way back. (laughs) This is going all the way back to the late 1800s. And why is it important in 2022? Why? Because Spurgeon being extremely in tune with human nature and being very blessed and having a certain amount of of just God-given ability to reach into the soul and see what human beings are suffering from and apply the word of God to it. He says this is we have sometimes a fear of being too holy or as he might say, being presumptuous. So how does that work in business? Well, we we know what that looks like in our faith walk. I don't know if I want to put this post out there. I don't know if I want to talk about Jesus specifically because it's just not what culture wants right now. It's uh, maybe I'll just say whatever you believe in. Maybe I'll just say the universe or spirituality, and that's a dangerous road to walk down. Here's the thing. Why wouldn't you? Why would you water it down? You know, in writing the book, in writing the book, I actually I had someone that was going to help me with the cover design, and one of the first things this person told me to do was don't, Use the name Jesus because it's too controversial. Just say love. I was like, are you crazy? Like, I'm thinking in my head, am I being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher out here? Is this? 
don't say the whole book is about God. The whole book is about Jesus. How, why would I not say Jesus? Well, we, we don't want to offend anybody. Just say love. No, no, no. Mm-mm. That's not how it works. That's not how we operate here. And I was given that advice earlier in my, in my career. I remember in 2016, I was in, uh, I was in Arizona. I was on a hike with my wife and my children. And I was thinking of that same advice. And I said, no, no, I'm actually not going to water him down. I'm going to make him the headline of my story, not the footnote. But what, what we need to know is why do we make him the headline? Because when you need support, when you need someone that's always going to be there, I hate to say it. Can't count on people. That's not negative. Don't look at don't look at me and say, "Hey, wow, that's a real negative thing to say." I mean, so you're, you're saying was we can't count on people, we can't have business partners, we can't look for support from mentors or coaches. No, silly, come on, come on. Not going to say that. What I'm saying is, and this is the theme throughout the book, is your foundation. The first thing that you build on should be in Jesus. That's the foundation. Okay, what happened is we're getting the we're getting the order mixed up. Like Angelique says, we're getting the divine order mixed up. We're looking for the person to give us the fancy curtains and the artwork and, you know, do all the countertop work. Meanwhile, um, hey, you know what? You got a bad foundation right here. This this house is not gonna stand through a storm. Okay? So I'm not saying you can't have partners. I'm saying don't count on them first for for your self-worth. Don't count on other people to build you up. Don't count on other people to promote things for you or to help you out because let's face it, most people are in it for themselves. Whether they say it or not, we live by human nature is selfishness. God is not selfish. Jesus is not selfish. He's perfect. And so I'm not saying we can't use people, but I'm saying use your foundational belief in Jesus to build you up so you don't need people. And any person that does help you, any person that adds to you or gives you help or promotes what you got to promote or, or works as hard as you do, that's just bonus. That's gravy. That's fantastic. I, I love it, and I reciprocate that, and let's work together, and let's build each other up. That's great. But what I'm saying is don't get it reversed. And that's what Charles Spurgeon is saying here. Don't be afraid of being presumptuous. Don't be afraid of being too holy. What that looks like in your faith walk is watering it down. What it looks like in your business is, well, I don't want to work this hard or I don't want to I don't want to achieve this goal because I got people on my team that aren't achieving that. So I'll just kind of hmm, I'll play at half speed. And when you play at half speed, what happens? You end up getting beat. If there's one thing you take from this, take that sports analogy that Herm Edwards said. You play to win the game. Christians, this goes for you too. Jesus did not put you on this earth with all of your gifts, with all of the things that he put in your spirit and your body. He did not put you on here to go halfway or three quarters or 90%. He put you on here. He gave you those gifts to use them and exhaust them and to do it for yourself, but more importantly, to do it for the kingdom so that other people see that in you and they say, what is special about that person? Why is that person succeeding? Why is that person carrying themselves with such a fine posture and such a bold stance in life? Why are they in the storm? Why is that person walking strong through the storm? I need what they have. That's why you do it there first. What we're not looking for is fence sitters. And sometimes, let's face it, life is tough. How many of you out there right now, think about this. 
I'm going to say it because I'm feeling it. And I think if I'm feeling it, other people must be feeling it. It's like you have a couple days where like, yeah, okay, I'm working. This is good. All right. All right. Business is flowing. I got some things in the, you know, I got some, some, what do they call hot irons in the fire right now? Business is good. Hey, I got a couple, you know, working out is good. Body's good. We're eating well. Family's looking good. Kids are studying. Wife and I are getting along good. Husband and I are getting along good, whatever it may be, right? And then all of a sudden something hits you and disrupts you. And it's like, it's like if you've ever tried surfing, I've tried everything in my life, every single sport. When I was a sports reporter, I had to go out and try things just to try them. I tried everything because that was my assignment. And one time I did a story on surfing. Now, I had never surfed before, but I'm like, eh, you know what? I water skied the first time. I snow skied the first time. I can roller skate. I can ice skate. This surfing thing can't be that much different. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. Did surfing teach me a lesson? Surfing, surfing bent me, that, the ocean bent me over the ocean's knee and spanked me on my fanny. And at the end of the day, I was spent. And guess what? I didn't ride a single wave. Now, I, I tried to learn on the east coast of Florida, which is different than west coast. On the, on the east coast, there's really no such thing as one set, and then you wait. It's like just the waves are continuous. So here I am paddling out, paddling out, paddling out, paddling out, and getting ready, and all of a sudden a wave hits me, and I'm right back on the beach. And that happened all day long. So sometimes that happens in life. It's like we paddle, we paddle, we're having a few good days, we're having a few good days, we're just getting ready to ride that wave and enjoy life, and then boom, we get hit with something out of the blue. And we're right back on shore, and you have two choices. Do I quit? Do I take this board, throw it down, pick up my stuff and walk off this beach? Or do I throw it back in the water and start paddling again? Well, guess what, my friend? Sometimes you paddle five or six times. Sometimes you've been paddling for an hour. In your life, you might have been paddling for years. And you're almost there. And then a wave comes and knocks you off. You're like, that's not fair. How did I make it halfway just to be pushed back? Well, you got to keep going. You got to keep going because when you do stand and when I finally stood up on that board and you ride, you're like, that's what I'm talking about. So the same thing in life. You don't want to make it halfway to heaven. You don't want to make it halfway in your business. So don't water down yourself. Don't water down your abilities. Don't water down your message. Don't water down your ability to lead. And certainly don't water down your confidence because just like a good coach, most people are going to coaches today. I mean, the coaching business has taken off in the last couple of years, and they can tell you a lot of things. They can show you, you know, here's how I did it. Here's the, you know, the way the book shows it. Here's the way my friends did it. Here's the way I did it. And basically what you're looking for is you're just looking for confidence too. That's the main thing that coaches are selling. Because let's be honest, you could read it anywhere. You can get directions. What you're looking for is confidence. That's what most coaches do. That's what a good football coach does. That's what Mick was trying to help Rocky with, get confidence. But that's what Jesus wants. Read the book. Read what he says about you. Read how he knows every hair on your head. Read how his thoughts about you are like the grains of sand. Read all that stuff and then wake up in the morning and say, I really don't have anybody to help me out. Uh, I don't have any support. No one understands me. No one gets me. What you're looking for 
a buddy to do that for you? You're looking for your girlfriend to do that for you? You're, look, you're looking for your manager, your business partner, your best friend, even your spouse. You know I love marriage. You know I count on Angelique for a lot. We build, our, we build each other up tremendously. But Angelique said it a long time ago when we first got married. She's like, I'm not here to complete you. I'm here to compliment you. She's like, only Jesus can complete you. You get that? Think about it. I know I'm saying some things where you're like, I'm trying to put this together, David. Uh, you're, you're saying one thing, but I don't. are you contradicting yourself? No. What I'm saying is, as much as I love my wife, as much as I want to help her out, as much as I support her and she supports me, she made it clear in the beginning. I'm here to compliment you, not complete you. Jesus is the only thing that will complete you. That's not counter that's not that's not counterproductive. I'm not I'm not saying something one thing and doing another. I'm saying that you can love your spouse, you can support them. You want their support. But they will never know you like your maker knows you. They will never know you like your maker knows you and they will never be able to fill those spots that you're looking for a human being to fill. Does does that make sense? I'm trying to say this as clearly as I can and and really and really get to you guys because now more than ever in this day and age we are getting beat up. I'd lost another friend to suicide. That's happening. Why? Why are so many people, good healthy people taking their own lives? Look at the world. It's crazy. We just went through this crazy pandemic, and just when we think things are turning back to normal, something else happens, and we're, we're in this tsunami of craziness right now. So what I'm trying to do is build your spirit here. I'm trying to say, in this book, The Pursuit, get back to foundational wisdom. Get back to what God says about you. Get back to the things that are important so that way you're not blaming man. You're not blaming your boss. You're not blaming your business partner. You're not blaming anybody for disappointing you. You build up the spirit. You read it. You read the word. Jesus completes you. There's a couple other things that Spurgeon says here, okay? It's very important. What he wants to talk about is the reasons why people do not go all in. Think about that. He calls it, and remember, this is, this is like that old English. This is the late 1800s in England. So, you know, sometimes you have to decipher this into modern. They, they spoke beautifully back then. But he says, the reasons to why men and women too soon pause. I'll say it again. The reasons to why men and women too soon pause, or as we can explain it now, don't follow through, should be equally, this is what I said, they should be equally as studied today as the day that he spoke them in the late 1800s, because we haven't changed. Don't let people tell you we're evolving. We're still the same. Human beings are the same as they were in 1800. They're the same as they were when Christ roamed the earth. We are human beings. The DNA is the same. Don't let anybody tell you that's changed, okay? Why do we too soon pause? Why do we hit 
the brakes? Why do we not follow through in our marriages, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our endeavors to do something worthwhile? Why do we pause and hit the brakes? Spurgeon explains a couple of reasons. I ask in the book, you let me know if one of these, maybe two or three or four of these things apply to what's holding you back right now. This is what Spurgeon says for why people, again, too soon pause. Why you don't go all out? Why are you not hitting your numbers? Why are you not crushing your business? Why are you not writing that book? Why are you not starting that group? Why are you not resurrecting your marriage? Why are you not spending more time with your kids? Why are you too soon pausing in the things that God is telling you very clearly to go all out in? So you let me know which one of these apply to you. First thing he says is, I don't have the natural ability. Look at me. I wasn't gifted naturally. I'm not six foot five. I don't have a deep voice. I don't have a jaw of steel. If you're a girl, I'm not the perfect shape. I didn't go to college. I have a hard time articulating my words or spelling Whatever it may be, whatever goes through your head, the big lie is, I don't have the natural ability. Therefore, I'm going to pump the brakes. You really think that's true? Or is that a lie? Is that something the enemy of your soul is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you're not good enough? Look at that other girl on Instagram. Look at how perfect she is. That's why she's successful. Look at the other person in your business. Look at your counterpart. You want to know why they're crushing it? Because look at them. The guy's got a perfect hairline. Look at this. Look at this. Look at the hair on that guy. I mean, your hair's receding. He's perfect. Look at his natural ability. Look at how articulate that counterpart of yours is. Look at look at how your boss speaks. Gosh, their words are like poetry. And you're just fumbling. I don't know what it is in your head. I mean, th- those things are some of the more obvious. But I know we're caught in comparison. Even in my own household, sometimes I hear Angelique talk. And I'm like, wow, she's got great natural ability. I wish I could speak like her. And then I think, you know what? I can't let that hold me back. I don't have any control over that. Am I going to use that for an excuse? I teach speak up. I teach public speaking. Sometimes I get to go to do a video to promote myself, and I'm like, oh, I still get nervous, you know? And, and then we think, well, I don't want to promote myself. I don't, want to, I don't want to push too hard. I don't want to tell too many people about my business because I don't want to bug people. No, that's not. You do what you do. You pick your passion, and you ride it out. You know what? I have to do that right now with this book. I second guess it. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I go, is this book going to offend somebody? Is this book even good? Is this, are parts of this book childish? Are parts of this book presumptuous, like Charles Spurgeon says? And then I think to myself, you know what? That's the devil telling me the excuses so I don't promote it, so it doesn't reach the people that need it to be reached, okay? So that's one thing, the natural ability. Speaking, looks, body image, education, whatever it may be. What does the book say about you? I clearly define what Paul, the Apostle Paul, looked like in the book. 
I want you to read that part if you get it. Paul didn't look anything like Brad Pitt, trust me. He wasn't out there, you know, preaching with, with an iron jaw and six foot five, okay? God doesn't pick perfect people. Remember that, okay? Let's get to the second thing. This is a big one. This is a big one, especially for people that I know because I'm a little bit older myself. And the second reason why people pause too soon is they tell themselves, I'm getting too old. Gosh, if I would have just started this business 10 years ago when I was fresh, relevant, good-looking, in better shape. Now look at me. I'm too old. I can't learn this new system. I can't. You know what? I don't know how to do this stuff. It's this information, this technology is way beyond me. I'm just going to I'm going to stick to my old ways. Society is telling us these things. It's been telling us that forever though. We live in in a culture that rewards youth, let's be honest, okay? But we can't tell ourselves we're too old. Too old for what? Too old for what? Let me ask you a question. Well, where where can we get some confidence? If we're too old and and I'm not winning and I'm not playing to win the game because I keep telling myself I'm too old, where can I get that confidence? Oh, gosh, that's right. There's this story about this guy Moses in the Bible. Yeah, that's right. He was... Oh, he was 80 when God spoke to him and said, you're going to lead my people out of captivity. 80, okay? It wasn't 25. It wasn't Rambo, okay? There's a story in the book for everything that's troubling you. For If you've never read it and you've never read the stories, then you're missing out because he already knew what would trouble you, what would stand in your path, what would be put in... in in, your, in the way of success for you. And he says, I got a story for you. If you only read my book, I got a story in there for you. But you're not reading it, so you're not going to know that story. And how can you succeed in life if you don't know what God says is capable, you're capable of? You're not too old. You're not too old. There's plenty of instances of people who have done amazing things. And they, I mean, just Google it. Google people who have had success when they didn't start something till after 40. And now that number is even changing because of, because of our ability to reach out and touch people and live healthier, longer lives. So you're not too old. Get that out of your head. Let's go to the third thing. And this is what it all kind of started on. Maybe I'll skip three. Okay, hold on, because I got two more. I'll go to, I'll go to four and five. Because I'm going to wrap it up with number three, because number three is a full circle of why I started this conversation. So let's go. We have, I don't have the natural ability. I'm getting too old. The next one is, I've done enough. I've done, I've done my share. I've done enough. <laughs> what does that mean? Don't quit. Oh, you know what? You know, I've I've had I've had my success. I, I had a good run. You know, I had a couple of years where I was making good money and you know things were good and now I'll just I'll just be content with what I have. I just I've done my share. Or, you know, I, I worked hard. I raised three kids. You know, I mean it would be nice to do something now and, and I know God's given me this talent, He's given me this burning desire to help people, or He's given this, me this ability to really care for people. Um, or influence people, or build things, or shape young minds. Oh, but I already, I raised three kids, so I'm just going to sit back here, and I'm just going to kind of take it easy. 
done my share. What else does that look like in, in, a, in, a, in a relationship, in a marriage? You know, I've raised this kid. Do I have to pour more into him? Does God really want me? My, my child already graduated and left the house. I did my share. I did my duty. I gave them 18 years with food and shelter. I don't care if they're struggling that much now. That's their problem. Mm, no. No, if you're walking, breathing, and you believe, and people need help, and you still got arrows to shoot, why are you holding on to them? Hmm, okay. In a marriage, we see it all the time. I've done my part. They're just not compatible with me. They're just, they're not willing to meet me halfway. I've done my share. I've done all I can do. Hmm. So if you and your spouse went before the Lord right now, that's what you're going to tell them. You've exhausted yourself. Jesus is just, uh, this man, I just don't know what to do with him. I've done all I can do. What do you think he would tell you? <laughs> it could be the other way around, right? Hey, uh, th- this woman here, uh, she's just, God, you know what? I mean, I've tried. I've exhausted myself. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to go, mm, David, um, I'm God. I know you. I know how hard you work. Yes, I know you've shot three of those arrows, but there's a couple more that you're hiding just in case. What's that just in case for? Is that for another woman? Is that for another relationship? Because the relationship that I put you in was the one that you said till death do us part. So if you're saving something for another person, guess what? Stop saving that. It says in the book, in the word, in the foundational wisdom I gave you, I gave you a partner for life. King Joash was supposed to shoot all the arrows and he would have had victory. But for some reason, he doubted God or he wanted to save some just in case. Don't save it just in case. You might have done enough, but you might have not done all that you can do. Be honest with yourself, okay? The next one. This is a big one. Spurgeon says, too little zeal. The word zeal, passion. Too little passion. Eh, we've become so apathetic in this culture that we're in right now. Why? I'll say it again. If there's one thing I'm sure of and I'm looking at you guys right now is we have become apathetic. Lazy people. Why? Because man would rather have you lazy and apathetic than achieving. Because the man who is in control, earthly authorities, can control somebody who's apathetic. If you don't care, great. I'll take the reins from you. I'll give you just enough to keep you alive. I'll give you just enough food to keep you alive. I'll give you the just enough shelter to keep you alive. And you won't be happy and you won't be fulfilling God's mission, but you can be apathetic all you want. Too little zeal, too little passion. Man, there's a market for motivational coaches. There's a market for people who write books that that help you because people lack the passion 
that God put in their belly they're not looking for. That's why in my book, maybe it's the last one, but these are not my words. I just direct you to the Word of God. I'm not telling you to be more passionate. I'm telling you what God says about being more passionate. He didn't put you on this earth for you to be apathetic. No way. Why are we lacking passion? Well, we just said there's a very serious epidemic in this country right now, a mental health epidemic. Mental health, drugs, alcohol, suicide are skyrocketing. Why have we lost our passion? Because we're being told, I'll take care of you. Don't dream big. That God that you talked about, he's not serving you. Let me, the government, let me man, let me step in, and I'll make everything okay from you. The only thing I need from you to do is stop bowing to God, bow to man. That is what the enemy does. I talk about free will throughout the book. God gave you free will. He'll try and reach you in many, many ways, but he cannot force you. You have to make that choice. If you lack passion, he's there. Read my book, he says. Read the Bible. Read the stories. Talk to me. Pray to me. Think about me when you walk. Think about me when you go to bed. Think about me when you wake up. Talk to me like I'm your friend. Talk to me, more importantly, he says, because I'm your father. And just like if you're a parent out there, you would never turn your child away. God will never turn you away. But if you lack passion and you listen to man and man says, just say love. Just say the universe or whatever you believe in. Do not give credit to God or Jesus. And I'll take care of you. You'll miss your passion. You'll live a life that won't be the one he intended you to live because you missed out on the the most essential thing that you're here for a purpose and that you do have a divine intention that he set for you. So let's get that passion back. And look, look, here's the thing. I'm looking forward in other people. I look forward in my wife. I look forward in, in teammates. I look forward sometimes in, in books, you know, self-help books. I get it. That's happens. You're looking forward in a podcast. Let's not be ignorant, right? I mean, I know these things happen. I'm not, I'm not trying to say they're not worthy or they're not valuable. What I'm trying to say is if you're not building the foundation on the book, if you're not building the foundation of who you are with who God says you are, and you haven't taken the time to find out who God says you are, then yeah, you're going to lack passion. I get passionate, and like I can't help myself. When I talk about this book, I felt bad the other day. I was on a podcast, and after I got off, Angelique asked me, how did it go? And I was like, babe, I get so excited about this stuff. I get like I feel like after I felt like I had to call and apologize to the to the podcaster for being so overzealous, for being so over overly passionate. And I didn't plan it. It's not something that I say, okay, when you get on this podcast or when you do this, you flip a switch and you become passionate. No. This is my juice. This is this is what God put me here for. So I can't help it. I have to tell myself be careful. But then again, we're going to go to this last thing is we we can't be worried about what people think. 
I can't sit there and go, well, geez, that person's listening to this podcast going, wow, he's way more passionate than I thought. He's really excited. He talks loud. He talks fast. He talks, he talks with a lot of passion. That's the way I was made. <laughs> and, and I got to go with that. And as we get to this last one here, I'll recap four. And the last one, again, is how we started. I got five more minutes here with you. Number one, I don't have the natural ability. That's a lie. Number two, I'm getting old. That's a lie. Number three, I've done enough. Lie. Number four, too little passion. I don't know if it's a lie, but you can correct that. The last one, number five, is how do we start, Dave? We talked about winning and losing. You play to win the game. We talk about Rocky and Mick saying you're a loser. We talk about Harry calling Lloyd, you pathetic loser. We talked about either first place is a Cadillac El Dorado, second place is steak nice, third place is you're fired. Why would we ever lose? And I said, because we're not building with the right foundation. We're looking to man and people to build us up, to help us out, to do the work for us. And Charles Spurgeon says exactly that. People pause too soon or they don't follow through because I'm too dependent upon other people. You know, my wife doesn't have her parents. And for the majority of her life, she only had her mom. Angelique's probably one of the most independent people that I know. She'll never ask anybody to do anything for her, almost to a fault. She learned the hard way. For better or worse, you know, I don't, I don't know. She said, she said something once. She goes, you know what? My dad asked me on his deathbed, would you have had it any other way? You know, do you regret the things that happened between me and your mother and the, talking about the divorce and she tells the story, and it's powerful, because she looked at her dad, and she says, I don't hold you accountable, and I don't regret a single thing, and I probably wouldn't change anything in my life, because everything that's happened to this point has made me who I am, and who she is is a success. Some of the most successful people got that way because they had no other choice. I don't know where you fall in that. But I know this, and I feel this, is don't be too dependent upon other people. This is a message I'm telling myself almost on a daily basis because we get offended, we get hurt. Why didn't that person share my post? Why didn't that person promote my book? Why didn't that person ask me to speak on the conference? Why, 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 why aren't they helping me more? Why didn't they ask me to their party? Why... Why didn't they offer to babysit? Why didn't they, you know, whatever it is. Why didn't they offer to babysit? Something silly. I think people are good. I think people want to help, but I think they're human at the same time. And that's why I say, it's not that you, it's not you can't look for help in other people. It's not that they won't help you. It's not that there's not a lot of good people out there. It's don't be dependent on other people for your dreams and for your success. They're human. They will let you down. Jesus won't. This has been the Turned On Podcast.